0: Well, hey folks, welcome back to another great episode today. Zooming in from beautiful Little Rock, Arkansas. We've got Lindsay Sharma, and Lindsay is a real estate entrepreneur who's had an interesting path. She's kind of in the I buy houses space. So she does, you know, deals with folks that are in kind of weird and wonky situations, and she helps them get their their properties off their minds and Turn a profit doing the same thing. But what's really interesting about Lindsay's um, journey has been she started out working for and with another real estate investor for a number of years, kind of learning the ropes. And then she jumped in and started doing this herself full time. So, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Great to meet you.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, walk us through a little bit about what got you into real estate investing in the first place.
1: Sure. So kind of my backstory, I graduated from college in 2007. Um, I went to you're, college. You're,
0: you're, you're, it's embarrassing how young you are compared to <laughs> me, 2007. That seems like yesterday to me for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> well, anyways, it was kind of a rough time to graduate from college because yeah. um, right in 2008, of course, we had the financial crisis. And so I had a hard time. I I had a degree in graphic design. I had a really hard time getting a job. and And another challenge with graphic design is that you need to have some experience before anyone wants to hire you. They want to see your portfolio and all of that stuff. So it was very challenging. I ended up getting a job working for Penske Truck Leasing. <laughs> um, not, not very much design
0: work not Nothing to there. do with graphic design there, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean.
1: no. I was running out trucks all day. So um, I was kind of in an operations and management role there. And, and I did that for a few years. And I kind of spent my 20s job hopping, um, did some freelance design work on the side. So I kind of had this entrepreneur bug, I think, from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with all the various jobs and roles I had, it's, it was just really hard for me to find you know my path, but I always kind of knew I wanted to work for myself. And so, mm-hmm. um, somewhere along the way, I did start my own graphic design business, and um, I did that for a couple of years. It was a little rough because it was really just a job; it wasn't a business. You know, Plus, I was. like doing... you got
0: this little competition thing called Fiverr, right? Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's very true. A lot of that stuff. Came Mm -hmm. out around the same time that I was doing my design work. And I just didn't really have a blueprint for a business model. I was just kind of doing the design work for an hourly rate and I wasn't working on other parts of the business. I didn't know I had to. (laughs) And so it was rough. I struggled a lot. Um, I learned a lot too, though. And so um, during that time, I was also learning about passive income. I think I read the book that every real estate investor has read Rich Dad Poor Dad, hate to mention it because it's so cliche. but I started learning about passive income and, and I started to learn that real estate is a vehicle to do that. And so I started from there just over several years, I, I was reading all the books and, um, got on bigger pockets podcasts, you know, started listening to that and and doing my research and it was a little overwhelming. So, um, I thought to myself, you know, Getting into real estate, there's a lot to learn, and there's a lot of financial risk involved. So I knew that I would never get started unless I worked for someone who was doing it already. So because I needed an income, you know, I had this was a couple of years after I stopped my design business. I went back and worked for somebody else and yeah. um, started collecting a paycheck because I'm like, oh, this ain't this ain't it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and this um,
0: freelance thing is it all cracked up to me, right? Gotcha. Right.
1: So then I, I was working for somebody else. And then I was like, you know, I need to get to real estate. I got to get this going. So I started okay. looking for jobs on Indeed, just kind of in the area, started randomly applying for jobs and um, a local investor called me. And okay, we'll back look- up for a second because sure. I'm an old
0: dude. So I don't even know what that site is that you just mentioned, oh. which what, what's <laughs> Indeed. Did you? Yes,
1: Indeed, Indeed.com. It's just a, a marketplace for um, jobs job seekers okay. and people. Job seekers. All right. So mm-hmm.
0: you specifically wanted to work for a real estate investor, or were you thinking at that time for working for a realtor brokerage didn't really matter? What, what were you focusing I was, on?
1: Yeah, I was specifically looking to work for an investor. And, okay. and actually at that time I was so knew that I didn't even really know what that looked like or what it meant. I just knew to search those terms.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, so you're on the site, you're a job seeker, you're putting in the keywords in there of what you're looking for. You'd like to work for a real estate investor. You weren't weren't even sure what the hell you do for them, but that's what you specifically wanted to focus on. And because of that, there were some real estate investors looking for people that found you on the site. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm getting? yeah okay you've cool. got it mm-hmm. cool, cool. Cool. good
1: yeah so um so I applied for the job and um the local investor his name's Justin um you know we had a phone interview and I was on the lunch break at my current job you know I was on my lunch break and we had a talk and and then I came in for a personal interview and and then eventually he gave me the job and so I was his executive assistant for about three years um
0: And what is that? What does that even mean? You weren't sure what you're going to get into it. What did the job look like?
1: So it was um, it was starting off with a lot of transaction coordination tasks um, and then also marketing um, administrative things like paperwork and, you know, helping him on the back end of his business um, organizing the marketing list, requesting certain marketing lists, um, setting up marketing campaigns. Well, it
0: kind of ties into a little bit of the, the graphic design marketing side of things yeah. for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really I was just helping him in all aspects of his business and it kind and my role sort of grew over the few years that I was there. Um, and, and, and was he
0: a flipper or what was his primary strategy?
1: So he, he did wholesaling and, um, he also had some buy, I mean, he had a pretty large portfolio of buy and holds, um, which he had owner finance properties and he was holding the note. Yeah.
0: Good. Okay. Perfect. So you did that for a number of years, you kind of learned the ropes and you were already interested in real estate investing before you started working for Justin how did you get into actively doing it yourself? did you did you start dabbling while you're working there, or did you kind of cut ties and then jump all in?
1: Well, actually, um, I'm so grateful to Justin because he was he was a very generous, um, you know, generous person to work for and and I was pretty transparent when I was brought on board to his team. you know, I told him I was interested in investing, I was learning about it. And I eventually wanted to be an investor. And um, so I I was pretty open about that. And he actually gave me the opportunity to start um, he said, you know, if you do want to get into investing, you can start working leads on your own if you want. And so I started pulling leads out of his CRM and just talking to sellers and he helped me, mentored me, sort of coached me. A lot of it I did learn on my own, but I also did, you know, I went back with him and asked him questions and, um, he looked over everything I was doing, of course, cause I, w- I was working inside his business. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is very generous.
1: That's, yeah, that's, absolutely.
0: That is fantastic. All right. So at what point did you do your first deal and what kind of a, what kind of a deal was that? And what are you doing these days?
1: Sure. So the first deal I did was about, I want to say it was about a year ago, maybe less.
0: Oh, so and- pretty recently, because we're at, mm-hmm. we're at the time we're recording this, it's June, middle of June, 2023. So that would have been 2022, but a year, summertime, 2022.
1: Yeah. And so nice. I re- I remember when I first started talking to seller leads and getting things under contract, I had a pretty rough go of it. So, um the first couple of properties I got under contract, I had to cancel. I had to cancel like 3 of them in a row for various reasons. I think one of them was title issues, one of them needed too much rehab, and um I think another one was kind of a strange property. It was like a 5-acre lot, but it was the way it was situated, it was like right behind someone's house. <laughs> yeah,
0: so no and access, it, yeah.
1: And it didn't have privacy so it's it wasn't really going to be that marketable. So um that was a pretty I guess that was a good learning experience for me. I didn't enjoy it when I was going through it having to you know go back and cancel contracts cuz I just didn't I didn't know about all of that. Um and of course I was working with a mentor so I thought like he was giving me a lot of guidance but it but you know we didn't foresee all of those deals kind of Falling through, oh, so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that kind of gave me the, I guess the tough skin you need, and then also taught me how to communicate a little better with sellers and kind of let them know what you're doing and and give them a heads up about title issues and things that could go wrong. Right. Um, so, anyways, the one that did work out, my first deal, I guess you would call it, um, was a it was an old mobile home. It was. It had been vacant for years and it was on like a one and a half acre lot. Um, and the seller just, you know, he was an over the road trucker and he just, he used to live in the property, but moved somewhere else and wasn't really doing anything with it. Didn't really have a need for it. And I had, I cold called him and that's how um, he got into my pipeline. Yeah. And, um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't asking very much for it. Cause he was just kind of like, mm, I don't need it. You called me. Look give it, to, you know, I'll, I'll, pretty much give it to you for this price. And so, um, we were, we were pretty close on price and, um, i got it under contract, um, and ended up buying it and keeping it as a buy and hold nice. in my portfolio. And then my exit strategy with it was, um, I sold it on owner finance to a family and they, I didn't make any repairs to it. I didn't do anything, sold it as is, um, and so I think I financed it to them for 10 or 15 years. And so I'm holding the note and they're paying me monthly payments for it.
0: Very good. Congratulations. So at Thank what you. point? I, I don't think you're working for the, the other investor anymore. You're doing your own thing. What right. does your real estate investing business look like today, Lindsay?
1: So, um, so today I'm kind of, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing a little bit of wholesaling just to generate cash, to pay my expenses and, mm-hmm. um, and then Keep the lights on. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And my long-term goal is just to build up my portfolio uh, mainly of owner finance properties, very similar to that first deal I just talked about. Um, I like to do a lot of mobile homes with land. There's there's a big demand for it here and mm-hmm. a lot less competition. Um and so I'm doing a lot of that. I'd like to build my portfolio to the point where um it just replaces my working income. Uh, and then, like I said, I'm doing wholesaling and and those are pretty much my main strategies. I am starting to add some rentals in there though. I do see the benefits of rentals just for appreciation. Um, and there are some drawpa- drawbacks to owner financing. You know, sometimes people pay off their notes early and then you got to replace, you know, if you're relying on that passive income, then you have to replace that income stream. Yeah. Um, and but you know there's drawbacks with rentals too. You've got the maintenance. You've got the vacancies, the tenants, <laughs> tenants. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you know there's there's, there's pros and a- cons
0: to everything, isn't there? Liz? Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. Very yeah. cool. So so you're doing the the wholesaling for the active income. You're doing the owner financing for the the passive income. You want to keep doing that. You want to get the passive replacing the wholesale pop of cash type stuff and and also mm-hmm. perhaps purchase some, some rentals as you go. Um, uh, is this, it doesn't sound like it's a very capital intensive business that you're in, uh, or am I mistaken? It is for, you have to come up with down payments for the owner financing type deals or, or where, where's capital involved?
1: So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do need capital of course. Um, you know, the, the good thing about the mobile homes I'm buying is the price point is low. So, um, you know, most of them I'm buying less than $20,000. And
0: sorry, again, Sorry, I'm, I'm up here in Canada. So yeah.
1: we,
0: we can't even buy the front door stoop for $20,000 up here anymore. I tell you, it's, <laughs> which is crazy because yeah. there's so much land and so few people, but the property prices are insane. So $20,000, that's that's sweet. That's, that's good.
1: And again, I'm buying mobile homes that are attached to land as yeah. real estate. I'm not buying, yeah, I'm not buying just the mobile home. And so, um, uh, what were, what were we talking what was, about? <laughs> what was the question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the,
0: the, the question, the question is around capital, how much capital is required oh, to do these exactly. owner financing type deals.
1: Sure. Sure. So anyways, um, what I've been doing. So when I first started, I was using my own money that my husband and I just had sitting in a savings account. And of course that only gets you so far. And you know didn't get me very far. Um, so I would pay, I'd pay for my deal, and then refinance it through a bank. And okay. um, Justin, the former investor I worked for, he actually made an introduction um, to the banker he was using. Um, and and it was funny because when I initially reached out to, like, he made the introduction via email. I reached out to this banker, and for my first deal, you know, I paid cash for my first deal, and I wanted to refinance it so I could get my money back. And he was like, "No, we don't finance on mobile homes." And he kind (laughs) of he gave me the the hard no. And then I wind I winded to Justin. I said, "Your your guys (laughs) not not working with me." He
0: doesn't like me. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and um, you know, because I didn't have any experience, I didn't have a portfolio. You know, who? Why would this banker want to lend to me? And and Justin has over a million dollars in loans with this guy. So um, he kind of pulled that leverage a little bit. And and so, anyways. Um, He ended up lending to me, and now he's been lending to me on several of my deals, um, allowing. And what kind of
0: LTV do do you get, and how do they determine the price?
1: Well, he's more of like a portfolio lender, um, and he's just kind of considering. I mean, I'm buying these properties at about 50% of value, and then I'm selling them. You know, I'm like doubling basically what I paid when I sell them, but I'm selling on a note. So I'm getting all the interest. So I'm giving him those numbers. Um, But uh, he's starting to tell me that, you know, the bank doesn't love mobile homes Mm -hmm. and he's going to cap, he's going to cap me at a certain point. So now I'm at the point where I'm trying to learn about raising capital. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there's so much more flexibility you can have if you're working with a private lender versus a bank. So that's something I'm really working on right now.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense, Lindsay. So, how many how many deals or transactions have you done on your own since you started your own business a year ago?
1: Well, I've I started my business officially um, in March. Mm-hmm. I I just had a baby. Well, March of this year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! So, okay. Mm, yeah. So I just had a baby, and so when I was pregnant and getting ready to go on my maternity leave, I was kind of at the point: do I stay here or do I just go off on my own and start my business? And and after lots of thought, um, I decided I'm ready to go on my own. So that's kind of why, how the timing worked out. Um, so since March, April, May, June, so about four months, I think I've been in oh, business full wow. okay, time. Not very
0: long. Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. and so I've done. Six deals in good that time.
0: That's very yeah. good. Including a few wholesales or, or all the owner financing type deals. Yeah. A
1: um, couple of, about
0: half and half. About half and half. Okay, good. Well, that's a good pace to go at. And now you're looking at the banks are tightening up their lending criteria. So you mm-hmm. want to bring on private lenders or joint venture partners or however that's going to look and, and keep chugging along. Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Absolutely. And, yep. You've
0: got yeah. it. And. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean I think there's going to be tons of opportunity there for you because it's it's a pretty low price point you're talking about. If you're able to get people into deals with you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. $20,000 properties, $30,000 properties, that kind of thing, they can they can come in and be the bank and um yeah, there's all sorts of ways you can do that. You can have them as a as a private lender and just paying a fixed interest rate like you kind of do to the bank. Or you can bring them on as a joint venture partner, have them put in all the cash, buy all cash, and then just do the same idea with with the uh, owner financing type thing, and sell to your end buyer, and they kind of get cashed out as as the deal goes along. Uh, or you can you can kind of use them as bridge financing, get get things going with their capital, and then find a different lender who is more comfortable. Uh, loaning on these kind of properties or waiting until the, the time changes and be able to scale things up because you're not just relying on your own money
1: right. what what Absolutely. kind of thoughts
0: because uh, I know you've been studying about this and thinking about this what are your what are your thoughts about how you'd like to take it
1: um I think it's easiest For me, if I were to structure to get a private money program going and to structure it, I think it'd be easiest to start off doing um, debt partners just because Mm -hmm. I'm kind of used to that model and I'm used to looking at those numbers since I'm using bank financing. Um, So I think I would start there. um, And I would eventually, you know, once I get a little more experience and kind of learn what I'm doing, I would love to start syndicating and maybe buy mobile home parks, you know, start moving on to bigger. Type deals.
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds exciting for sure. So what are some of the challenges that you foresee moving ahead?
1: Um, It's just getting, finding the right people. Um, Also, you know, I personally love dealing with mobile homes, but there's a lot of stigma around them, I think, as an investment uh, vehicle. You know, a lot of people say that they depreciate, um, but, you know, it, it's a matter of opinion, I think, on that. Um,
0: yeah, it so, really, it really depends because there's such a demand for affordable housing.
1: Right, it doesn't get
0: much more affordable than that. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and especially in the South, um, you know, the Southern United States, where it's a lot warmer, and mm-hmm. especially in more rural and and kind of. Um, you know, the, the cost of living is so inexpensive in Arkansas that it's just weird. There's just a lot of mobile homes, a lot of land, Mm -hmm. uh, people, people love their land around here too. So, um, so I think a challenge for me is, is yeah, finding the right people, um, you know, I, I always try to talk to people about what I'm doing as an investor. And I think I just lose them <laughs> a oh, lot yeah? of the time. Yeah. It's like, I maybe need to find a better way to explain myself. Um, like none of my family members understand what I'm doing. They're not interested in it. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely a challenge.
0: Yeah. That always is a challenge, but um, as soon as, as soon as you can kind of crack that code, it makes life so much easier and i think your i think your strategy is pretty straightforward i mean as one real estate person to another it's pretty easy to get your head around it's it's how do we simplify that so that the average quote unquote civilian non real estate investor gets it right can mm-hmm. can get it so it was interesting i was just working with a client earlier today lindsay and we were working on his what i call sizzle statement <laughs> you know it's It's when he's starting a conversation with a prospective investor, how can we really grab their attention and pique that curiosity so they lean in and they want to know more, right? So best example I've heard of this was years ago, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Julie Broad, who's a very, very accomplished real estate investor. She got tired of doing the normal 30-second elevator pitch that we're all told we're supposed to do because it just sounds weird and normal people don't talk that way. Right. And and finally, when somebody asked her, hey, Julie, what do you do? She said, I collect houses. Hmm. What, do you, what do you mean you collect houses? Like porcelain houses that you put up on the wall? What, what, is that, what does even that even mean? And it started the conversation, right? Because the other person was curious and they leaned in. So, you know, that's that's a simplification and and you're not using that example, but that idea, you know what I mean, to kind of pique the other person's curiosity. So when I was working with this gentleman today, what we what we came up with as we're kind of outlining his what I call your your big check pitch deck, which is your presentation that you're going to use for a potential investor, was his whole thing is is he does development deals, he builds pretty houses from the ground up. Mm -hmm. and buys the the land, builds the property, sells the property. You know, it's a 12 to 18 month process, but it's quite lucrative, right? So it was, and I asked him, well, what's kind of the biggest impact this has? And he says, well, I just, you know, the buyers see the property and they just go, wow, this is awesome. So, okay, we got the wow factor and we got to combine that with something that's going to create curiosity for prospective investors. So we have to put in, a profit factor in there as well. So we kind of worked on that and came up with a sizzle statement that, uh, that I think is going to work really well for him. So that's what I would recommend for you is, is really stand back for a second and think, well, okay, I'm, you know, don't worry about the, the, uh, the wholesaling business focus, your focus right now for what you need to raise capital for are these mobile homes on their own land. Right. So mm-hmm. how are we able to and, and you're being the bank, right? So there's, there's, you got mobile homes and you're being the bank. So it would be some sort of combining those two things that just, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but just to kind of come up with that sizzle statement. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I love that idea of a sizzle statement. And that's so, um, that's so brilliant. The, the idea of collecting houses and, and mm-hmm. just how simple it is to tell somebody that and, and of course, anyone you say that to is going to be wondering more <laughs> and ask you to elaborate. So that's yeah, great.
0: so so if you could come up with something like that around the mobile home thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. That would probably create some curiosity when you're out and about and and networking and whatnot. Sure. Cool stuff, Lindsay. So time flies when we're having fun. If people want to find out more about what you're up to and and what you're doing with mobile homes and whatnot, where can they go?
1: Sure. Um, they can visit me on my website. It's lspropertybuyers.com. And um, that's probably the best place to reach me. I have a contact form or you can email me. Um, all of that stuff's on my website.
0: Good looking website too. You must have a good graphic designer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, those uh, graphic design skills come in handy sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Lindsay, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Dave.
0: All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.